This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim in the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, and protector of one and all. Wa usalli wa usallim ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Complete blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon all his companions and upon all those who have followed him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all from amongst them and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not prohibit our offspring from being from amongst them. Ameen. Honored ulama, Beloved brothers, dear sisters and listeners, yesterday we went through Surah Yusuf and we extracted a few gems from the Surah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability to learn, to comprehend, to put into practice, to understand and to teach others. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, Abdullah ibn Abbas, Radiallahu anhu says that when they used to read the Quran, they ensured that they stopped at every ten verses. They did not proceed beyond the ten verses without having memorized them, having completely understood them, having put them into practice, then they would move further. With us, the question is, do we really know ten verses of this Quran in a fashion or in a manner that we could actually say we've memorized them, we understand all the rulings, we've put them into practice, and now we can carry on. May Allah make us strong to do that. Sometimes we are guilty of putting aside the Qur'an, not trying to read it or not reading it in order to understand. And if we read it to understand, as I've mentioned many times, it is very important that we seek the guidance of the scholars of this deen because there will definitely be questions that will arise and it is prohibited for us to answer the questions on our own. The, in fact, one of the great mufassirin has actually made mention مَنْ قَالَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ بِرَأْيِهِ فَقَدْ أَخْطَأَ وَإِنْ أَصَابَ which means whosoever utters regarding the Qur'an with his own intellect, with his own fancies. He has made a mistake even if he's got the right answer. I hope we can understand this. Because it is highly discouraged to do this. And I have explained in the past the various types of the verses, those verses which are straightforward for the entire globe to understand, and those verses which need an explanation. There are some verses that are abrogated. In fact, even in tonight's verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of verses that are abrogated by other verses. We need to know this as well. I have decided to move on to the verses that we have read tonight because they are beautiful verses of the Qur'an wherein there is lots to learn. We all know when we walk outside in the darkness of the night, we would notice the stars which look very, very beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created these stars. And He makes mention of why He has these stars in place. He clarifies it for those who have superstitious beliefs. He clarifies it for those who do not know. And He clarifies it for those who use the lack of knowledge of the purpose of existence of the skies to misguide others. 
to intentionally confuse people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. He says, وَلَقَدْ جَعَلْنَا فِي السَّمَاءِ بُرُوجًا وَزَيَّنَّاهَا لِلنَّاظِرِينَ وَحَفِظْنَاهَا مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ إِلَّا مَنِ اسْتَرَقَ السَّمْعَ فَأَتْبَعَهُ شِهَابٌ مُبِينٌ Indeed, we have placed in the skies beautiful stars and we've beautified the sky for the onlookers, for those who would like to see. Is it not so beautiful, so serene when we look up to the sky on a quiet night and we'd quiet clear night and we'd actually see the stars. The just by looking at the stars, we'd achieve comfort and peace. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we've beautified it for those who want to look at it, to see. And in another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there are clear-cut signs of my existence just by looking at the skies. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us conviction regarding His existence. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to say, we have protected the sky from the devil and from Satan. And any of the army of Iblis or any of the devils who would like to try to go beyond the point that is permitted for them and any one of them who would like to try to go beyond in order to listen in to the taqdeer that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed for everybody, then Allah says we use the same stars to pelt them. And this is why whenever there is a star that we notice falling, a falling star, we should utter the dua, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Indeed, there is no power, no might besides that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the high, the great. That is Allah's power and might. He uses these burning stars to pelt those shayateen that are trying to go beyond the limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in other verses that we read tonight regarding the stars. Stars also serve as a guidance for man when it comes to his path at night. We know up to very recently, in fact, even at the moment, some travelers who travel, who know about the stars, would actually use the stars as a direction. Those who go hunting, who do not have the latest technology, compasses and so on, they would normally know precisely in which direction they are heading. And I think it's a good idea that we all learnt about it, because one day, those compasses that we have, if we go hunting, the battery might let us down and so on. It's important that we know precisely, uh, you know, where we are, where we are heading. There are certain stars that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept in order to show mankind direction. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us, not only physically, but even spiritually. Amin. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after making mention of these three reasons of creation of the stars, the first being beautification, the second being the pelting of the shayateen, and the third being the guidance of man on his path or during his journey by night. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of Iblis and the fact that he refused to prostrate to Adam when Adam alayhi salatu was salam was created. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights a certain point in the verses which were recited tonight. As I had mentioned, every time a story is repeated, the highlight is something else.
This time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is highlighting a point where He says, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, after having made mention of Iblis and Iblis's promise, that Iblis, may the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon him, uh, his promise was to lead man astray. Himself, Iblis, alayhi la'natullah, says, I will lead all astray besides your worshippers who have been chosen. The word mukhlas means those who are chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we were to say mukhlis, those are the ones who are sincere. Some of the scholars of tafsir have explained that if you are sincere, automatically you become from amongst those who are chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sincerity. Because sincerity and correctness of intention is by far the highest level of correctness of the deeds that we would like to engage in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all our deeds. So Iblis himself said, I will not be able to lead astray those who have been chosen by you and those who are sincere. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالَ هَذَا صِرَاطٌ عَلَيَّ مُسْتَقِيمٌ إِنَّ عِبَادِي لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانٌ إِلَّا مَنِ اتَّبَعَكَ مِنَ الْغَاوِينَ This is my clear path that leads straight to me, Allah says. Which means He has made manifest and clear the path that leads to Him. And He says... None shall be led astray, none shall follow you besides those who, or none shall lose this path besides those who have erred and followed you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us from following shaitan. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to make mention of the fact that he is most forgiving, most merciful. And we have comfort in the verses of the Qur'an. There are more verses of the Qur'an that speak of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in fact, in many places when Allah makes mention of His punishment, before it, He makes mention of His mercy. And sometimes, if it is connected to the punishment of the previous nations, or He is making mention of those who have transgressed in a huge manner, immediately after making mention of the punishment, He then says, but I am merciful for those who seek forgiveness. And here He says, Nabbi inform my worshippers. Inform my worshippers that I am most forgiving, most merciful. And the hope in the mercy must not lead them to sin. Sometimes you tell a person, you know what, if you've sinned, engage in tawbah, you shall be forgiven. And the person tells you, if I commit it again, and you tell them, well, you shall be forgiven again. And if it happens again, and so on. Like every day we have people blocking vehicles. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. We've got ND186910. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive me and forgive everyone else. It's not connected to what I'm, about, what I'm saying, but I just remembered that someone had dropped this paper into my hand almost five minutes ago. So let's get back to what we were saying. When people begin to take advantage of the forgiveness and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has to balance it with something. And this is why the hadith says, Al-Imanu bayn al-Khawfi wal-Raja. True Iman and true belief in Allah is 
the balance between the fear in the punishment of the Creator and the hope in the mercy of the Creator. If a person has struck the correct balance, that balance will lead this person to be an upright human being, inshallah, and a good Muslim. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي هُوَ الْعَذَابُ الْأَلِيمُ And inform my worshippers as well that my punishment is also very, very severe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So on one hand, he's telling us, look, I'm very merciful. And on the other hand, he's saying, do not be deceived by my mercy to the degree that you commit sin openly without batting an eyelid. But if you have committed sin, you should always know that I forgive every single sin. And at the same time, if you have not engaged in tawbah, you should know that my punishment also is very, very severe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only grant us istighfar and the seeking of forgiveness, but may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the acceptance to turn to Him. To turn to Him in a manner that we do not repeat all the evil that we may have engaged in in the past. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a beautiful story of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam. And I'd like to mention just part of it. He says, Inform my worshippers as well. After telling them of my mercy and my punishment, tell them about the guests of Abraham. May peace be upon him. The guests of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam. Who were these guests? One day Ibrahim alayhi salatu was was at home with his family and three angels came in the form of human beings. He did not pick up that these were angels and as soon as he saw them, he was Karim. He was a person who honored his guests. And as soon as he saw these strangers, he welcomed them to the degree that he went in and he told his family, what do we have to present as food for these guests? And the family members or his wife said, look, we don't have much besides whatever livestock we have outside. And he went out and saw a healthy calf and he slaughtered the calf. No sooner did he slaughter the calf than he prepared this meal and brought it in for the three guests to eat an entire calf. Subhanallah. The question is, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descended upon Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam Because of all his beautiful qualities, do we have the quality of honoring the guest or are we from amongst those really when, well the problem is actually the, the, the sword is double edged. One is we visit people precisely at lunchtime. That's also difficult. Or we visit them exactly when we know that now it's time for food and you know people today have not prepared for many. But at the same time if people have arrived at our home and it's meal times or even if it is not meal times how many of us actually have a smile and with a happy face very very happily we can cancel that trip to the mall and we can actually now mashallah fry whatever we have to and serve the samosas and the the drinks and all that for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yes most probably honoring the guest you will find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy will descend remember if someone's name is written on some sustenance that particular morsel of food will only go to that mouth even if it means it had to be in your home may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding so we also need to honor the guest Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam came and he noticed that these people were not eating how upset do some women get and some men as well when you've prepared a luscious meal and the people you've invited don't even eat well the answer we normally give is we say there's lots of barakah in that food mashallah so the reality is people will eat as much as they can in this case the angels did not eat obviously they were angels they were they did not partake of the food of this dunya 
And Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam became slightly worried. And according to one verse, he questioned and he says, look, I'm worried. And they told him, do not worry. La tawjal, do not worry at all. And his wife was standing there, she happened to laugh and they informed him, good news. They say, they told him, we are the bearers of good news, we have come to inform you of a son. A son whose name shall be Ishaq and after that he shall have another son known as Yaqub, blessed generation and progeny. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all blessed, gen- best, uh, blessed progeny. Ameen. So his wife questioned, he questioned, I am such an old man, where am I going to have a child at this age? The answer obviously to all of us, never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is possible for the, for the supreme creator, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. The one who, create, who created from nothing. Do you think it is impossible for him to then assist us in the reproductions or in the reproductive system? Even if it means after 20 years, it is not impossible. But we need to have hope and we need to understand the decree of Allah is final. If that was his decision not to give children to certain people, so be it. Today we have a huge problem. Those who don't have children are complaining. Ya Allah, I don't have children. Those who have children are also complaining. Ya Allah, my children are disobedient. Those who have males are complaining, Ya Allah, I don't have female. Those who have female, Ya Allah, I don't have male. Those who have both are saying, Ya Allah, these are a handful. And those who don't have any, once again, we get back to the same complaint. Look at insan, look at insan. Look at how ungrateful we've become. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, just accept my decision. Some will have this, some will have that, some will have both and some will have neither. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our iman strong. It's not easy to accept taqdeer, but that is a level of iman which we will enter Jannah in return for having accepted without questioning inshallah. So Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam thereafter began to question these angels. So why are you here? They told him we are here in order to go and serve certain punishment to the people of Lut alayhi salatu wasalam who have been engaged in sodomy and homosexuality and so on. So he became worried. He said, look, there is Lut alayhi salam, is part of the nation that you have been instructed to go and destroy. They told Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, we know better who is in that locality and that area. We know Lut is there alayhi salam, we will save him and some of his members, some of the members of his family. So thereafter they went to Lut alayhi salatu wasalam's area and Amazingly, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us all, save us all. The daughters of Lut alayhi salatu wasalam who were clean, pure girls, they saw these young men and they stopped them. They went to call their father saying, you know, there are strange men coming in here. If the men of our community see these strange, good-looking men, they will pounce on them for evil and immorality. May Allah save us. The Quran makes mention of this. And... They, Lut alayhi salatu wasalam went to see them according to one narration when nightfall, uh, when the night fell, then Lut alayhi salatu wasalam brought them in to his house and when the news spread in the community that there are three handsome looking men who have come to Lut alayhi salatu wasalam, unfortunately the dirty, filthy men of the community ran to his house wanting to break the door down. And Lut alayhi salatu wasalam, the verses we read tonight make mention of the fact that he offered his daughters to the, to the community saying, if you really have to, these are my daughters, take them. Allahu Akbar. And they told Lut, O oh Lut, you know that we are not interested in women. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. And imagine, they didn't know that these were messengers. In fact, Lut alayhi salatu wasalam was not aware at that moment that these were actually malaika who came with punishment. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always ensures that the punishment is deserved to a nation before it is served. The punishment is deserved and therefore when these people came in, they literally broke down that door and... Lut alayhi salatu wasalam was so worried, he began to scream at them, yell at them, these are my guests, don't disgrace me when it comes to my guests. And these guests told Lut alayhi salatu wasalam, Inna rusulu rabbika ilayk. We are messengers, we are angels who have been sent by Allah. These people will never be able to get to you, nor will they get to us. Pack your belongings and leave this area now by night and don't turn back at all to see what has happened. It is reported that according to one of the narrations, Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam's wing actually dug underneath the entire community, the entire locality and it lifted them up all the way to the skies and flipped them upside down and they dropped from there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. That is the punishment of engaging in such activity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has served. And remember, it is something very, very serious. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. We also need to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment that has been served, really, the severity of the punishment shows the severity of the crime itself. And in this case, we've seen that these communities and this, these localities where the people of Lut alayhi salatu wasalam lived, they were reduced to rubble. And none had saved the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah save our offspring from homosexuality and from sodomy and so on. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us as well. And may Allah cure all those who have the sickness and disease. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower His mercy upon those who have turned to Him. And may Allah direct us all in the right path. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a very, very beautiful point. We all know that many people have been trying to mock at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger of Islam. And listen to what the Qur'an says. The Qur'an addressed the Prophet, peace be upon him, directly. And the Qur'an says, after the Prophet ﷺ was laughed at and they mocked at him, Allah says, Definitely, we suffice you against, or we suffice, we are enough for you against those who mock and jeer. We are enough for you. We will protect you. We will ensure that those who laugh at you, those who mock at you, it will be really and truly against them and not for them in any way. The more they laugh at you, the more they mock at you, the greater your followers in number will become and also in quality. Take a look at the quality of the Muslimin. Did it not really and truly go slightly higher when people tried to blaspheme Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, suddenly the Muslims became conscious of themselves. Amazing. That's what Allah says in the Quran. With the more they mock, the more they laugh and scoff and jeer. You don't worry. It can only have a positive effect and impact. This is what the verse of the Quran says. 
Many people have turned to Islam after people tried to blaspheme the messenger recently. Many people turned to Islam. So many that it has become a worrisome figure for those who do not want the masses to convert to Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the iman and yaqeen that we do not need to protect the messenger. It is Allah, the one who loves him the most, will definitely protect the most beloved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all iman. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also makes mention of a point that we all need to learn from. He mentions to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding the fact that many of the people when they were uttering such utterances, it obviously hurt the messenger of Allah. More so for the correctness of the deen. With us, if someone insults us, it hurts us for ourselves. We worried about our dignity, our status in society. We want to clarify our name and so on. The Messenger of Allah was not worried about that. He was worried about the deen and the religion and the message. He did not want the message to be blemished. And for that reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the fact... وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ يَضِيقُ صَدْرُكَ بِمَا يَقُولُونَ فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَكُمْ مِنَ السَّاجِدِينَ وَاعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ We know that your heart is actually narrowed. Narrowed meaning you feel you feel the feeling of hurt in your heart when they make these utterances. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the solution for that is to declare the greatness of your creator at all times. To glorify Allah, to engage in tasbih and tahmeed. Tasbih meaning the glorification of Allah, the praising of Allah. And be from amongst those who are found in the condition of prostration in most times, or at most times, which means constantly, regularly, find yourself in sujood, and you will have, inshallah, cure from this feeling. Now with us today, our feelings are slightly different. Some of us are depressed. Some of us are suffering different tension and stress and so on in our lives. Still, the solution is, increase your sujood. Do you know that the posture of sajda is the only position when the brain is lower than the heart? Amazing. When the brain is lower than the heart and the blood from the heart actually flows to the brain with no effort whatsoever. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a lesson from that. I've also read certain research on that. And it is amazing how that posture of prostration when a man puts his head on the ground in the position of sujood, it is the only position whereby the brain and the entire head is actually below the heart. Every other position, the brain is either equal or in line or slightly higher, as we know. Now in the standing position, in the sitting position and so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove all our stress and depression. And may we be from amongst those who can increase our sujood and our tasbih. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us conviction that the Qur'an is definitely the truth. Quickly moving on to the next surah, which is named after the bees. Surah Al-Nahl. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions all his gifts in Surah Al-Nahl. And he commences with the gift of the various animals, the cattle, the horse, 
or the horses, the mules, the donkeys, the camels and so on. And then he makes mention of what they are used for and the fact that they have been created for you, O oh man. Take a look at the cow, for example, the cattle. Simple animals, but economies of entire countries are based on a, cattle, on, on, on a cows at times. Or on agriculture, if you want to be more specific. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, we have created the cattle for you to benefit from. From its meat, from its hide, from its milk, and from everything, even from moving certain goods from point A to point B. Do you know recently, we had an earthquake in Pakistan. And if anyone had followed the happenings, there were certain areas that could only be reached on the back of a donkey. Because Allah has created a donkey differently from other animals. You can have whatever mode of transport you want, but that donkey can climb hills, it can climb mountains, it can climb rocky land, sandy land, and so on. It's amazing how Allah makes mention of that also in this surah to Nahal. And Allah says, you will need these animals in order to transport certain goods that other items cannot transport for you. And you may not be able to transport unless with great difficulty. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the crop. And Allah says, we send down water from the skies. That water is used for so much. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the fish as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the fact that, that boats and ships move at sea. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention also of the various pearls and jewels that are extracted from the deep sea. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, all this we have created for you. Do you realize that? Then he says, we have also created the night and the day solely for you, O man. And we have created the sun and the moon for you and the stars for you. And we have created the various colors for you. Imagine if we had to see just black and white. Or imagine if everything was black and white. Wouldn't life be so boring? But today, mashallah, we have so many colors. Do we realize that these colors at times are there to brighten up our day? Sometimes we see a bright color. It puts us in a very, very good mood. And sometimes if we've unfortunately painted our house with dull colors, as soon as we enter the home, we feel that it is infested with jinn, not realizing that... It is the dull color that we've used. The light in the house is not very good and so on. It is making us feel dull. We feel we are possessed because we have not made correct use of the color scheme that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us really and truly the acceptance to benefit from the various colors and the gratefulness, the gratitude that really and truly we owe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention still of the mountains and the fact that he has carefully placed them on earth in order to maintain the equilibrium and the balance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, even underneath the ground, we have spread various minerals and various items of value in different places in order to create an equilibrium. And we've actually, Allah says, we have spread it and scattered it according to a certain measure. And it will never ever go beyond that measure. Everything is planned and calculated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the rivers and the paths and the roads that we make easy for you to build, that too is a gift from us. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also makes mention of milk. 
And he says, do you know the white, pure milk? Where does it come from? From the same cow. Between the filthy dung of the cow and the red blood of the cow, in the middle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we extract this milk for you, pure to drink. Everybody Everybody is quenched with that milk. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us appreciation at least. The acceptance to appreciate his ni'mah and his gift. And then he warns all of us. Explaining his independence. And I end with this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If they are going to turn away, your duty, O Messenger, is only to inform them of what we have given them. يَعْرِفُونَ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ يُنْكِرُونَهَا They know every gift that Allah has given them. They know the gifts very, very well. And then they still want to deny. And they still want to deny the gifts. They still want to deny my presence as a creator, supreme, single, alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Nay, a lot of them disbelieve. And a lot of them are ungrateful. May we not be from amongst those who are ungrateful. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka.